Hey everybody, this is Reagan Lopez and you're listening to Unidentify. Today I'm talking to actor, singer, and model Nicole Vasquez. So hi, my name is Nicole Vasquez. I identify as mixed. I I don't want to say mixed race because like being Hispanic, Latina, like that's not a race, obviously. Um, so I like to just say mixed. Um, but my mother is white. My father is Mexican-American. Um, he was born and raised in Houston. His dad was born and raised in Houston. His mother was an immigrant. Um, but basically most of my dad's side of the family has been born and raised in Texas in the Houston area um, for a while. Even my great grandmother, she was raised in South Texas near the border. Her parents were originally from Mexico, but then, um, you know, bought a farm like in Texas at the turn of the century, um, like in the or like, actually, you know what, it might have been before the 1900s, actually, but a long time ago. And um, anyway, so they bought a farm in South Texas. And um, she was raised there and was in an arranged marriage with a guy from Spain, actually. Um, so my last name is spelled V-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z, which in the United States, the last name Vasquez, the most common spelling you'll see is V-A-S-Q-U-E-Z. But the story that my family has always said is the reason why it's two Z's is because apparently that's like the Spaniard way of spelling it. I don't yeah, know how I true heard, that is. <laughs> I heard that with Z's because I'm Lopez yeah. and I right. heard that Lopez with a Z is from Spain and Lopez with an S is from Mexico. Um, yeah. But- I mean, I'm sure there's a reason why, but I've heard that. I've also heard, may or may not be true, that all of the, like, Spanish names that end in a Z come from, like, a certain part of Spain where there was, like, a lot of Jewish people. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I oh, know. that's cool. I haven't ever, like, researched it very hard, yeah. but that's what one of my cousins told me. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's always a story that I've been told. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, for me you know, it's, it's really funny because like, and I'm, I know that you've had, um, a really similar experience, but obviously for most people, as you get older, you really start to, you know, maybe question or examine or investigate your identity more, I guess, unless you're one of those, if, if, well, (laughs) I should put an asterisk on it. If you come from a family that has multiple cultures when you get older, in my experience with people that I also know who have similar families, you really start to examine, you know, your identity. Um, so like for me, I've always like, I don't know, like being raised, you know, in the suburbs of Houston, like the area of town I lived in was, I mean, Houston's super diverse and the suburb I lived in was very diverse in particular, the, the neighborhood that I was in and predominantly Mexican-American. Um, so like, amongst those friends, I was like a white girl. And then like amongst my white friends, I was not, you know? And so I I don't know, like, I didn't really like put too much emphasis on it until honestly, really until I started doing theater in a more serious sense, because it's like hard to ignore when like you're, you're starting to think like, 
oh, can I audition for hairspray? Like, is there a, like, is there a spot for someone who looks like me in that show? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just, you know, other than like passing comments from like friends about like not necessarily fitting in one group or the other. And to be honest, my whole life, most people who didn't know me thought I was Asian too. So like, there would be a lot of jokes about like, oh, you're secretly Asian. You know what I mean? But like, other than that kind of stuff, like I never thought about it like cognitively until I started doing theater and like kind of had to. Yeah, I think um, I definitely had a similar thing of, uh, I grew up in 85% Mexican city and feeling like I was white with some people and Mexican with other people. Yeah. Uh, definitely when I went to college, cause I went to college in Nebraska. Um, and some people like don't even realize it. Like people knew my name, but then they just thought that it was just my name and that I wasn't any sort of Latina. It had nothing to do um, with your family. Yeah, yeah there was like, just be, uh, I remember, and she's a good friend of mine, but um, she had known me for like a year. And uh, I said, we were walking on campus one day with a couple other friends and I said something, I, maybe I said it with a Mexican accent or I said something in Spanish. And she said to me, um, Reagan, just because you have a Mexican last name doesn't mean you're Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> and like, the other people I was with yeah. just kind of started laughing because they knew and then yeah. like no one said anything and then she was like oh wait are you and it was like well yeah That's um funny. yeah so I think and I think a lot of that has to do with also like you were saying I don't necessarily think you like present as being a stereotypical Mexican look no but you definitely don't present as being white or like yeah completely white and so I feel like there's such a even though we both kind of identify as being like half Mexican and um half you know European um we have such a different path and story because of how we look and um we did a blog a couple years ago and this is kind of inspired by that and that was just something that we kind of bonded over and also, you know, both being from Texas and not really speaking Spanish. And I think both of our Mexican sides of our family are very patriotic American. Oh, um, yeah, very. Yeah. So just which is like, also, yeah, I mean, for for podcast purposes, for anyone who's listening, like Reagan has fair skin and red hair and I have more like olive tan skin and dark brown hair so like when when we talk about like looking different like that's what we mean um but yeah I mean I agree my like I said like at the beginning like my family's been in Texas for so long and I think you know going back to like starting to like really examine my identity I I feel really comfortable now kind of like embracing like a Chicano Chicana like identity because I feel like that actually accurately represents like how I was raised where I was raised who I was raised around because like that is uniquely Mexican-American and it it is equal parts Mexican heritage and American heritage and like that's just really how I feel I've never felt like I'm not American you know what I mean and then like and and so, yeah, I, I feel most comfortable in, in that identity 
because yeah, cause like, I mean, my, my family like talks about, you know, being in Texas for so long, like most of the men on both sides of my family, but if we're just talking about my dad's like pretty much all the men in my family have served in the military. And like, so there's a lot of like American patriotism in there that like, I think the average, you know, I mean, I guess, forgive me for saying this, but like the average American who doesn't come from an immigrant family or a family that, you know, hasn't immigrated in a while, um, wouldn't think that like a Mexican American would have, you know what I mean? Like, wouldn't think that like someone who's Brown or someone who has Brown people in their family would have like this much patriotism for America and like would have this much like identity as an American versus like identity as, you know, inter-country of origin or whatever. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I definitely think, um, I mean, I don't really want to get into politics, but um, yeah, Politically, I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand is specifically about Texas. Like there's so many Mexicans there, like how are they always red? And it's like, okay, well, Mexicans are multifaceted. Um, It's a huge country. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, And then you have to take in the account of like people who have been in America for like a long ass time, you know? (laughs) Exactly. And like Texas is full of big cities, but it's also full of really small towns. And a lot of mm-hmm. those small towns are, you know, all Mexican or all white and they think the same way. So, yeah, I mean, it's just something that I think people have maybe started to realize and also hopefully moving forward, people will be able to mobilize like Hispanic people to vote because they have the lowest voter turnout. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that's been like such a hot button like issue for the past few elections. And um, it's just interesting to hear people that are not like Latino to talk about, oh, well, why is why is this state oh, yeah. not Democrat? You know, they're not also like, for themselves think- and, you know, yeah. And I mean, this isn't necessarily super relevant to our broader conversation, but I also think it's super ignorant to just assume that anyone who isn't Anglo, isn't like Caucasian, is automatically a Democrat. Like, that's so ignorant to assume. (laughs) I mean, you know, the same can be said for like women, right? Yeah. Um, The same can be said for a lot of different groups. And while I don't necessarily like, identify uh politically like one way or the other maybe more like libertarian but um yeah the united states is 300 million different people yeah and and your upbringing and your environment plays into the way you vote more than your uh, skin color and your you know, ethnicity does sometimes. For sure. Yeah. Especially I think in, in Texas that was owned by six different countries, right? Or five and then including Texas. Six Mm -hmm. Flags Over Texas. For people that don't know, Six Flags was for the Six Flags Over Texas. Um, (laughs) They have a lot of, um, I think- There's a lot of history. There's There's a lot lot of of history there and there's also like a lot of um, patriotism due to 
just needing to distinguish themselves from people that were patriotic towards Mexico. Um, mm-hmm. Assimilation is real and some people do and some people don't. Some people yeah. don't it, so. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I think also it's, there's so much like, it depends on what your point of reference is. Because like, if you're a New Yorker born and bred and maybe you're from like a Puerto Rican descent, like that is a completely different experience than being Mm -hmm. like of Mexican descent and being raised in Southern California or in Texas or Arizona, or, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, it's different from being Cuban in Miami. Like it's like, these are not only are they different countries of origin or different places of origin, but they're also different places within the United States that have very different cultures from each other, you know? So it's like, yeah, it really depends on like what your point of reference is. And I think that for me, the most frustrating thing is when like people just assume that like, and we've talked about this, but like people that assume that you're first generation American or assume that like, yeah, both of your parents are immigrants or they're immigrants and like you're poor and like you translated for your parents and like, they don't speak English. And it's like, and then, you know, I, not that I get that that much, like obviously having a, you know, a white American mother of European descent, but like, you know, we've like, I've still gotten that question. Well, why don't you speak Spanish? Well, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Like my dad, or sorry, my, my grandpa grew up in the segregated South. Like he was born and raised in segregated Texas where they literally had like a Mexican school, a white school and a black school. And then like for him, they, the city didn't have enough money to afford the Mexican school anymore. So then they, they were like, well, you're not black. So we'll send you to the white school, but we'll make you segregated in the classroom. So like now all of a sudden all these kids, like they couldn't speak Spanish to each other in the hallways. They got in trouble. They couldn't wear anything overtly of like Mexican culture, like no rosaries, like no, I mean, the fashion of like 1940s Chicano look like have, did you watch um, uh, Penny Dreadful City, City of Angels on mm-hmm. Showtime? Yeah. Very much recommend. It takes place in the 40s in Los Angeles and it follows like the Chicano community there. And it's it's really, really good. But if I, I reference it because if you see their clothing, like, and I've done I, I'm fascinated by history. So, you know, I've I knew that the what the clothing was, but it is a very distinctive style, you know, and it didn't look like the Anglo-Saxon, like white American style. So anyway, for my grandfather, the messaging for him was like you're going to get in trouble if you present who you are, if you present your culture, if you speak your tongue. So for him, he was like, okay, then I won't do any of that. Like that's, that's what he took in. And so, so he only spoke Spanish at home and he didn't teach my dad. And he just was like, I'm American, you know? And like that just, just got cut off right there. Yeah, I mean, my, uh, you're talking about your grandpa, and mm-hmm. I remember my dad saying similar stuff, even in El Paso, which is, which is crazy, predominantly yeah, American. yeah, him saying stuff about them not being allowed to like speak Spanish at recess and that kind of stuff, and it's certainly not like that anymore, but definitely, I think there is a misconception um, about 
certain parts of Texas that, oh, it wasn't racist because there there were Mexicans and there's like like there's there's yeah. um an Indian reservation near El Paso as well and um no like there there was a lot of um what we would now call like microaggressions and mm-hmm. um systems in place to uh americanize people mm-hmm. which you know now is part of me and you our culture and um that that is what it is like there's nothing we can do to go back and speak Spanish our entire lives and now I mean I think you probably feel the same way the more people tell me that I should speak Spanish the more I want to rebel against it and say like I know I do no, kind of like you're not, help- you're not helping like you because say it, that it makes me want to do it less honestly yes because it reinforces the narrative that like this is what a Chicana this is what a Latina this, this is, is what a Mexican American is supposed to be like and it's like yeah there is no one way to be of the culture. Like you wouldn't say that about a, you know, broad American culture necessarily. So like, why would you say that about this? You know, like I was born and raised in this country. Yes. Why is it that it's an expectation for um, Hispanic people and also people that are like first or second generation immigrants from other countries why is it an expectation to speak the language but you know specifically for hispanic people because like you said your family has been here a long time mine as well my grandma is the only one that's not from the united states but my grandpa was born in texas why is that an expectation but for other people, like, you know, if you are part German and you happen to speak German, people are like, whoa, and that's cool. Yeah. But for us, it's an expectation. Yeah. Why, like, why do we get that extra pressure? Yeah, exactly. And, and for, and you know, I, I spoke about this with other people and with my husband as well, but um, like you said, your whole family spoke English. So it, it wasn't out of necessity. Actually, yeah, it wasn't a necessity. Yeah. And you would have actually had to learn it differently from, you know, my husband who his parents and his grandparents only spoke Spanish. Yeah. Where it's like he grew up with that. So it's just that I I get frustrated that that's an expectation. And, and to be honest, like I'm 30 years old now, like, will I ever learn Spanish like super fluently? Honestly, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I've lived this long without it and I'm not a particularly um studious linguistic anywhere, oh. <laughs> you know, so I think unless I was put in a situation where I was living in Mexico or Spain or somewhere, you know, Latin America for months at a time and I had to learn it, the chances of me being fluent at this point is is low mm-hmm. and anyone that thinks that they can bully me into learning it is wrong yeah yeah I agree and I I yeah I agree with that and also going back to what you were saying about like identifying with being Chicano I think in like the media at least the stereotypical Mexican that people are seeing is a Mexican from LA Mm -hmm. um and to me, when I have seen um, shows on TV, Christella came out a few years ago, was only mm-hmm. one season, but her show was specifically about Texas Mexicans because she's a mm-hmm. Texas Mexican. 
And it was a hundred percent identifiable for me. Mm-hmm. And my husband always says, he's like, yeah, your dad sounds like a Texas Mexican. That's like, how my grandpa sounds yeah, dead on. Yeah. Of talking using. Yes. You know, there is a little bit of cowboy vernacular. Um, and that's very different from LA Mexicans who are, have this more like inner city um, type of uh, speech that's just not the same. So there are definitely regional subsects of being right. a certain ethnicity, you know? And subcultures too, you know? And so, so like I went to college in Connecticut and Connecticut, well, I was in school in Hartford and Hartford actually has a pretty large um, Puerto Rican and Dominican community and a pretty large um, Jamaican community as well which I was surprised by because I grew up, you know, in Houston and I was like, Connecticut is the Stepford wives. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just rich white people. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't, I had no idea that there was actually like diversity there. Um, so anyway, like um, I say all that because when I went to Connecticut, it, it was similar to New York in, in the way that like the Hispanic populations there were Dominican and um, Puerto Rican predominantly and they, you know, talking to people and meeting people from those communities, I mean, they didn't get it. Like they didn't, you know, it's just, they're completely different communities. And like, for me, when I would say like, oh, like when they'd be like, where are you from? Well, and this is always the best question is like, where are you from? And I'd feel, oh, I'm from Texas, you know? And then And then it's like, this is not just those communities. This is like literally everyone in my life. No, but where are you really from? You know? And it's like, oh God, do I have to fucking, oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but like, am I supposed to say like my whole family tree? Do you want me to take a DNA test for you? You know, like all that stuff. But, um, but it's, it, it is funny because meeting, you know, the Dominican and Puerto Rican cultures they are very proud of where they come from as they should be. Right. And so then they come to America and obviously Puerto Ricans are Americans too. So like, you know, I understand why their default is just me. Like I'm Puerto Rican because that means they automatically are American versus other countries. But you know, there, uh, there always was confusion from those communities when I would just immediately identify with Texas first. And they'd be like, yeah, but like you're Mexican. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I'm not, from Mexico. I've Ever never there, wasn't born there. Yeah. yeah. On it. I mean, Mexico, uh, right, uh, I've never even been there, dude. Like I've literally yeah. like, I know you, you obviously grew up in El Paso so close, but like, I've never even been there. I like mean, I have absolutely no connection to that country other than my bloodline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and yeah, so growing up in El Paso, like that, um, I have seen Mexico a lot. Like you see yeah. it on the highway, you uh, see it from certain areas of town. Um, I have only been to Mexico, to Juarez, which is like El Paso's sister city yeah. of Mexico, maybe like five or six times. And I have never actually seen the city because when I was growing up, um, 
you know, it was dangerous. It was dangerous. That's when yeah. it was very dangerous. I remember because a lot of um, cartel business, and not that there's not anymore, but it was very public and very dangerous back then. Um, so even I have not really been to Mexico, and outside of Juarez, I have only been to Merida, which is in like the Yucatan Peninsula, only because I went to a wedding with my husband, and that was like three years ago. Right. So even I have not really been to Mexico, but you know, El Paso is a whole, a whole different thing from the rest of the United States. Sure. It's like a different topic, but um, I totally get that of people just like not understanding. And I wonder too, if like, when you said you were from Texas, did anyone ever ask you if you like rode a horse to school? Oh yeah. But that, that was like, that was only like the really, I mean, lack of a better way to say it, that was only like really stupid people like you know what I mean yeah, I'm like, I would also be that. like I'm also leading with like I'm usually leading with Houston as well you know what I right. mean which I'm like if you don't recognize Houston as a big American city like what rock do you live under you know yes. <laughs> like- totally and I think that's definitely true like I think especially being from Texas because it's very polarizing leading with a place that is different um Mm -hmm. I'm always like I'm from El Paso Texas um I mean I'll definitely say I'm from Texas but I'm always like oh I'm from way west Texas Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah it's a different way to grow up and and I think that's why like for me it's always just felt more comfortable to like to lean into like the Chicana like Chicano identity like the Texican almost like identity Tex-Mex identity because that's what feels that's what feels right. That's what feels like it actually represents my family and like what I do have a, a connection to, you mm-hmm. know, and also it feels like I'm not, you know, not only misrepresenting myself, but almost like not taking credit for something that isn't mine. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, for example, I have a really good friend that I met here. She's an actress and, um, I met her in a theater class, like in an acting class a couple of years ago. And she's also from Houston. I didn't know her there, but she was born and raised in Durango, Mexico, but, or not raised, but she was born there. And then when she was like five, her family immigrated to Houston. So she was raised in Houston, but like always going back and forth to Durango where like her extended family was. So like, and she, you know, she has like, she has DACA. She has like all of these things like her. She speaks fluent Spanish, obviously, you know, and like she's had a completely different experience and has a completely different connection to Mexican heritage than I do. And also a different connection to like Texas than I do and Houston than I do. So it just, it doesn't feel right for me to like claim that necessarily because I'm like that's not even mine to claim what is mine to claim is this unique intersection of the two cultures that's mine you know totally um I want to talk about a little bit about what you said earlier about when you kind of started to identify more when you were taking like your career seriously Mm -hmm. um and just how, um, I mean, just for some backstory on me, like, I never ever viewed being Mexican. Obviously, I'm white. So, like, that's a precursor to say that my experience was very 
Well, because that's also another thing people don't realize that like you can be Hispanic, Latino and like be Asian, be white, be black, be indigenous. It does, you know, but anyway, continue. Sorry. I have never felt that being Mexican was a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. I always felt that it was an advantage. I mean, I had been in a few situations where there was like some clearly like racist stuff going on. Um, I remember one situation at an airport where my dad wasn't aggressive. He just asked for tickets together and they wouldn't give them to him. And we got randomly searched in the airport, you know, that kind of stuff happened more than once, but not like so many times that it was, you know, problematic. And also like growing up in El Paso, like there were times when my mom had Mexican people be racist to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of had it on both sides, but nothing mm-hmm. that was like so crazy. Anyways, I never felt like it was a disadvantage. I always I'd felt it to be advantageous to be Mexican. I got scholarships to school because I was Mexican and and smart, but mostly because <laughs> I fit into this this national Hispanic scholar category, which is like yeah. one step lower than like national merit. Um, and I wouldn't have gotten that if I wasn't Mexican. Um, and I felt like I always felt like growing up, um, I had a fun secret that I could reveal to people, you know, like, oh, I'm half Mexican. Like, isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't tell. (laughs) Yeah. So I never felt like it was something that I had to hide or be, um, like ashamed of or anything. And it wasn't until I started, um, acting in New York and not even until maybe a few years ago when I would go to castings. I remember I went to one casting and I mean, I've talked about this with other people, but yeah, like was the only Mexican person at a casting, the only Hispanic or Latino person at a casting where they were specifically looking for Hispanic people and the ladies me into the room and not only that like the other part of that story is and that's like baseline it was very gross the way it was run I mean that's happened to me before like where I looked around the room and going oh like the worst is when it's um an appointment and not an open call and then you're you're looking at everyone and everyone else looks exactly the same and you're the one who looks different in in such a dramatic way and like in a race way like I remember you know, having an appointment for Sandy in Greece and everyone in there literally looks like Olivia Newton-John and then there's me. And, you know, I was like, I know I can kill it at this role. I know I can sing this role. I can act this role. I would be a great Sandy, but it kind of feels like you guys only called me in to make yourselves feel better and feel less racist, you know, like I'm your token. Yeah, but the other side of that, too, is the way the other actors treat you, too. And um, Mm. I was at this particular audition, another actress who happened to not be American, I think she was Haitian, um, Mm -hmm. she spoke up and said, well, I speak Spanish. And the lady said, no, you know, whatever. She was um, she was black. And she confronts me after the casting director goes by and she said, oh, you're Hispanic. And I said, yeah. I'm Mexican. And she goes, oh, well, you don't look like it. I said, well, what is that supposed to mean? Yeah, exactly. And I said, well, I'm half Irish. And she goes, oh, that makes sense. 
And it's like the attitude the other actors give you as well. And that was kind of like, um, for me, that was like not my first time in that situation, but that was the first time that I uh, was timid about saying that I was mm. Mexican. Mm -hmm. And that was the last time that I was timid about saying it because- Good. You know, when she said, when the casting director asked, like, oh, who's Hispanic? I was like, oh, you know, like, I am. Because it is, like, almost embarrassing when it's, like, the only Hispanic person here is white. Right. And it looks like you're lying. You know? Yes. It, it, I am constantly in a situation where people are questioning if I am, which I sure. is different for you. Like, I know you've gone into castings where people start speaking Spanish to you. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, stop. And then they're, but then they are like disappointed. And it's almost like it's mm -hmm. the same as having to defend yourself, but just yeah. from a different, like we got there differently, but ultimately we both had to like defend ourselves and like who in our culture and like our backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. And it's frustrating too, because like you said, you, um, have gone to castings and been the only person, but we also, I'm not going to say anyone's name, but we also mutually know someone who has been cast as uh, oh, Hispanic yeah. roles who maybe people would say looks stereotypically looks. Hispanic. And um, she was, you tell this story because this I mean, I mean, this made me laugh so hard. Oh, I wonder like what specific story, but I mean, I, I just know her casting and someone asked her like, oh, oh, oh gosh. What was the phrase? <laughs> she was basically like, I'd rather not say or yeah, something like that. Was just like, she said, oh, you you have such beautiful hair. You're so beautiful. Like, what yeah. are you? And she said, none of your business. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> She said that's none of your business and it's like yeah that's a way that um which like fair it's not that person yeah covering herself and like fair it isn't that other person's business but also like you are misrepresenting yourself I mean dude she'll hashtag like Latina on her Instagram pictures I'm not even kidding you that's I mean that's gross to me um it's super gross to me it's gross because like it's not her fault that she's getting called into these castings. And I think if she was upfront and said like- It's her fault for not stopping it though. It's her fault for not stopping it. But like, she easily could have said to this girl like, oh, I'm Jewish because yeah. this girl is Jewish. Um, and I'm whatever ethnicities, I don't know what specific ethnicity she is, but um, she could easily have said that. And it's like, it's not on her for being called in. Like ultimately right. it's the casting director's fault for twisting, um, twisting how we feel about ourselves and forcing us to make these decisions on and also whether it's or not it's okay for us to be at auditions and whether or not it's okay for us to say, I am this or I am not this or not take a role, you know? Um, and the issue with, I think, with casting and like, you know, they're, sh they're making shots in the dark. They're completely basing it off of stereotypes. They're basing it off of what they think certain nationalities, certain ethnicities look like. And the unfortunate part is that a lot of that has to do, like I said, with stereotypes, but because 
casting directors are predominantly white Americans. Mm -hmm. So they don't come from these different cultures and backgrounds to, to be able to know that you could have red hair and fair skin and absolutely be, I mean, hello, watch a telenovela for once. You know what I mean? Most of the people on there are freaking white. Okay. And and that's a whole other problem. I'm not saying that that's a good thing, but like, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, come on guys. Like these are full countries. These are full cultures with a diverse set of people, you know, and, and it's just, I mean, like Peru has a massive Chinese population. And you know that because you have a friend who's Chinese Peruvian who's gotten questioned about it before, but you know, I feel like a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. My husband has had this former coworker who is, um, Peruvian, but she's clearly of Chinese ancestry. Yes. And my husband asked her where she was from and she said, I'm from Peru. And he gave her the, uh, (laughs) no, where are you really from? Which is just like, okay what do you mean and um she was like no I'm from Peru I'm like third fourth generation Peruvian my family are rice farmers in Peru Mm -hmm. like that's when her I guess back um when her family was like immigrating or her ancestors were immigrating there was very lax like laws and a lot of Chinese people moved to Peru and became like rice farmers um Mm -hmm. So yeah, she's like, no, I'm Peruvian. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm Chinese, but I'm Peruvian first. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's all these cross cultures and that's, that is a whole different story of things that are happening in other countries. But I mean, you're, you're saying about casting directors and they like, don't know, like a great example of that. And this doesn't have to do with ethnicity, but there's a, an actress and comedian, Maysoon Zaid, and she went to ASU And she has cerebral palsy and her like senior year being in the theater department there, they were going to do the glass menagerie, right? Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm going to get this part. I'm going to be freaking Laura Mm -hmm. and the auditions for it. And she doesn't get it. And she goes to the staff and says, you know, why didn't I get this? I'm disabled. And like the character is disabled. And they said, oh, you know, we were afraid that you wouldn't be able to do the stunts. And she was like, well, if I can't do the stunts, then someone with cerebral palsy can't do the, can't stunts. Do the stunts. So what What do you mean? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. It means that it's a lie, right? right? And this is like a conversation we've had a lot of, you know, if you want a certain look, or a certain type, um, just say it and don't lie about it. Don't say you're going to be inclusive. You're going to cast people who, who fit these parts. If that's not how you're going to do it, then don't say you are because you're making yourself look like a liar, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, being on the, the other side of our similar equation, like I feel that in a lot of ways when, when I am in a room and I look around and I am the only person of any type of color that's in there, you know, and it's like, your casting said all ethnicities, your casting said we're encouraging diversity. And yet these are the people you gave appointments to. Yeah. Why am I the only one here? And granted, I'm not there for eight hours, but I am here for an hour. 
And for the only, and I'm the only person here. I mean, I remember being in final, final, final callbacks for um, this tour a few years ago. Um, and it was literally like the last day and we were going in and it was like 20 people, like producers, you know, director, all of the people. And everyone who was in that room, those people were going to be the ones who were cast. And there was me and one other girl who was of color, or woman, I should say, one other woman who was of color. And that was it. And granted, when I saw the cast list actually come out, I think there were... I think she ultimately did get cast. I did not. And I think there were maybe two other people of color, but they were in the ensemble. They were not leads. I was in final callbacks for the female lead of the show. And I'm not saying that I should have gotten it just based off of how I look, because that would be incredibly disappointing that I didn't get it because I earned it or because you really thought I was the best for the role. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that it's like, you guys are acting like you're making this effort for diversity when I'm sitting in a room of the people who will be in this show and I'm not seeing it. So it's like, and then when I even zoom out farther from that, you know, I, I am mixed. I am part Caucasian. I am not the darkest person of color that you're going to find. I am not the most, you know, I don't have the most indigenous features or the most, you know what I mean? Like I, I am like a, I'm like your watered down version of like Latina, you know what I mean? I'm like a palatable Latina, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, and so it's like, if I'm the best you're doing, my God, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, come on. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like, it shows like, again, we're both on like different sides of the coin in a way because of how we look. Um, But it sucks that we've gotten to this point where something that has always felt like an advantage, something that has felt like very special to us being like mixed culture um, has turned into something that we can't benefit from. And it is kind of like whiny in a way. Like I hear myself and I'm like, oh, that's like whiny. But also like, there's a lot of people that are mixed out there that are not represented. And I'm not saying I want to be overrepresented, but like, I want to have a chance to get a part as a Hispanic Latino role. And I'm sure that you want a chance to get a part that like a lot of white people are going out for, you know, like, we want to have the full spectrum of opportunities that should be available to us. And we are not afforded that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's just, it's frustrating. And, you know, especially, you know, like you, you are coming from it where you're like, well, I actually am Latina. Like, why am I not qualifying for this stuff? Like I, I, like we've said, I don't necessarily present white or like fully white but I'm like why am I not being considered for you know for Cinderella why is it a big deal when I'm in the room for that for a character where I get it she's traditionally cast white but like I'm not that I'm like ooh, I'm part white like yeah yeah you know what I mean I'm not over here like white power or anything yeah, like but, that, also, but it's like that you like have to think that like oh but yeah I'm white when it's like it shouldn't even matter 
Correct. Right? Like, that's like, unless it's specifically written because it has to be for some reason. For whatever. Yeah, sure. Like, I'm okay with not being in hairspray. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's fine. Because that's like, I get it. A certain point in time, a certain yeah. point. Yada, yada. I get it. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm like, no. You know what I mean? Yeah, Unless it's serving a purpose. What about, um? we interviewed a girl for our blog a while ago and she said something about whenever she goes to a casting she's she's has dark skin and dark hair that is uh, oh and she's a model that whenever she goes to a casting she always knows who she's going to be paired with yes it's always the non-white person yeah. so she said that whenever she goes to a casting or books a job she is always paired with someone else who is not white so the couples are always white couples and non-white couples I, um, I do think that's go ahead sorry no I was just gonna say have you experienced that because you've yeah. got more Hispanic roles than I have obviously yeah I I mean I do think that is starting to change where they do want to see I mean especially when it comes to like commercial print stuff like they do want to see um more of a mix but for me whenever I go to a call where they want like young, cool, not white, mid twenties female, it's very interesting because like I've been in the call and there will be like two cool, trendy looking Asian girls. And then like two cool, trendy looking black girls. And then I'm like, all right, where's the other Hispanic girl? You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, they called in two of us of each group, you know, like it's, it's very obvious. And then, or you start um, going to calls and it's not even a, a, a role that is specified to have any particular look or ethnicity attached to it. But then you start seeing a lot of the same players and you're like, oh, they're going to cast a brown girl for this. Okay. Okay. And you start recognizing that it goes, oh, hey, no, you're here for this. Okay. You know, especially, especially in commercial worlds. Like when I go out for commercials, that's like, that's big time. And you're like, oh yes. Like, you know, like you just start yeah. seeing the same people. Well, and the way they write the language in the castings, right? Um, mm-hmm. When they write certain races there's like a a specific adjective that goes along with it right like you're saying cool trendy that's exactly right like yeah Mm -hmm. when you said Asian I was like yeah yeah that's how they write them you know and Latinas get all of these sad flirty mysterious in spite like no one has ever said spicy because I think they would realize how overtly horrible that would be but like like sassy or like um um feisty or cool flirty like a lot of that where you're like just come out and say it you know what I mean and it's more sexualized for sure for sure more sexualized and then they use like it's the opposite or it's she's super catholic she was you know she was raised like jane the virgin like you know it's like it's either jane the virgin or it's her mom you know what i mean it's like and there's no in between and i mean i freaking love that show because they like highlight a lot of those you know disparities but it's like yeah it's it's like that and you're like what (laughs) 
Yeah, and then like also ethnically ambiguous, which I think is a word uh phrase oh, that, that is not used up. anymore. Right? Like I think it was used for a few years and now it has ca- castings have been more specific, but ethnically ambiguous is literally what Nicole looks like. <laughs> what they think Nicole looks like. And I know that you would get called in for that. And it would be like, when they say ethnically ambiguous, what they really mean is like, we can't tell if you're Asian, Hispanic, or native. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean black and it doesn't mean white. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And if, yeah. That's that's pretty much what it is, and it's so frustrating. It like it really makes me want to throw up. I hate that term so much. Um, just because that's not that's not a person, and I get it. Like that is that I get it. That is what I look like. You know, my like I said earlier, my whole life, it's like, oh, are you Asian? Are you white? Are you Hispanic? Yeah. Are you Native American? And then when people, here's the other funny thing. When people ask me, you know, like, oh, what's your like ethnic background? I could honestly probably say anything and they'd be like, oh, it. yeah, I see that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I could straight up be like, my mom is, I, you know what? Like, I don't know, like, like, oh, like West African and, you know, and, and Native American and, and a little bit of Asian and French. And they'd be like, yeah. And I'm like, that is not like, that couldn't be farther. You know what I mean? Like, um because I've I mean I'll tell you a funny story and this is like to uh to give you know the industry credit how much it's changed when I was in high school my mom worked with this guy whose daughter was a model and she was like legitimately like she was in sports illustrated swimsuit for a couple years like she like had a big old career and everything and anyway he was like you know, like Nicole, like she's tall and she's pretty and like, not in a creepy way, but he was just basically like, you know, if she's ever interested, I know she likes performing. If she's ever interested in modeling, like, um, I could, you know, see if Julie, his daughter has any contacts, blah, blah, blah. And so my mom asked me and I said, yeah, what 15 year old wouldn't, Oh, you you think I'm pretty enough to be a model? Like, Oh, uh, no. Oh, yeah, I'm exactly. not interested, you know, like, of course I was interested. Um, so anyway, I remember just going to meet different agents and agencies. And then of course, when I was like, I do theater and they were like, oh my God, you, you actually like can act. And like, you have, I mean, I was 15. It's not like I had this illustrious training, but like I took theater class in junior high and high school. You know what I mean? They were like, oh, like you've actually done this. And like, you know, you can act and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I ended up meeting with this one agent who had signed me and it did absolutely nothing for me because I didn't get a single audition or casting or booking or anything out of it. So what a waste, but technically I had one in high school and, um, I vividly remember sitting in her office when she was signing me and her just being like, this is perfect because no one can tell what you are. You could be anything. You could be Asian. You could be white. You could be Hispanic. You could even be half black. And when she said that, I was like, okay, white lady, like, I don't know. I don't know about half black. Okay. Like at most like a quarter, but that feels so wrong and icky for me to say like, you what? Like, no, 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 no. And of course I was 15 and I didn't have the language or understanding to like 
know how to respond to that. But I remember feeling very weird and very like, oh, so wait, are you interested in me? Or are you just interested in like, that I can tick all of these boxes? I get it. It's like, you know, it has to do with what you look like, but it felt more like, oh, I'm ticking these boxes for you. You otherwise have an uh, all white, white, you know, Anglo registry. And, and I am the wild card here to fill in the gaps where they come. And maybe that's why I never like got any castings out of it. And my first agent out of college, same exact thing. It was only about what boxes can you tick for me? And it was no like investment or care into like who I actually was, what my point of view was, what I wanted to do in this industry or any of that, or what I was even good at. You know, it was just literally like, I mean, I remember this is a kind of a different story, but like I've gotten sit in on so many jobs, especially when I was young and like first starting out. And I felt like I couldn't say no to things that, you know, it was like, I'm not even going to be good at this. The character they are describing is so far from who I am. Like, I'm going to bomb in this audition because this is not me. You know what I mean? Like, but like, this is who you want me to be because this is apparently what I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just not that good of an actor to like pull off things that are like so far beyond me that, you know, that now I'm uncomfortable and I just don't want to be there, you know? Yeah. And that's like another layer too, right? Of like looking a certain way and your personality being different as well. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of get that sometimes uh, just on like that base level layer of like, oh, like you look like a Disney princess, but I'm kind of bitchy. And- <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not, I I think I was sweet and sassy when I was younger and now I'm just kind of like, just sassy and mean almost. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's like another layer. There's all these layers that you have to like peel back and the more layers, the less you're seen. Yeah. Yeah. And especially yeah. when, like, casting is supposedly moving towards, like, casting people who are more, like, authentic for a role. Like, you know, there's this this phrase that casting directors use a lot of, like, you just have to, like, be the character. And if you're not really the character, then, like, you can't really act like it. And so if they don't know who you are because they have these preconceived notions about you or biases, then how are you going to get them to call you in? Right. Right? And all actors go through this. It's just some people have more layers to peel back. Mm -hmm. Have to fight a little harder. But I do have another a funny story that kind of goes with that. Uh, When I was in high school, they filmed a big feature in our city um, called The Burning Plane, which actually was a huge feature. It was one of Jennifer Lawrence's first movies she was like oh wow 15. um yeah she had to be like 16 or 17 because we're like the same age um Charlize Theron was in it a lot a lot of famous people uh, apparently it was really bad went like direct to video and my dad <laughs> was like it was terrible but so we went down uh to Las Cruces New Mexico they were doing a casting there that's like 30 minutes away from where my parents live and uh they were just looking for extras right so like we went down and they 
take your picture and that's it. Um, so they called my dad um, to be an extra in this scene. I think he played a Mexican cop and he went down and they told him or I don't know if they told him or he said like, hey, can I like bring my son tomorrow? He like looks Mexican. Um, and I, they said, yes, they were like, yeah, bring him, whatever, <laughs> which is like, we need to not do that here. <laughs> like, yeah. Just like, it's just hilarious. But so he, he brought my brother and they were like, yeah, he's great. Um, and he even like, they even lined up all of the young men. So my brother was probably like 20. They lined up all the young men. And I guess the director told this girl who had like a kind of bit part, he was like, okay, from this line of guys, like pick a boyfriend for the scene and this girl picked my brother Uh she went and took him to the director and my brother came back to like the um craft area all kind of like sheepish I guess and I guess what happened is she took him to the director and he looked at him and looked at the girl and he was like he's too good looking for you go pick someone else so he had you know they have all this these fun stories and my dad was like oh yeah I was like 10 feet from Charlie's there and all this stuff so then he says, uh, hey, um, I'm going to bring my daughter. And they were like, OK, so he took me. And I came in and they were like, no. <laughs> they took one look at me and were like, no, like we can't. Damn. And so I had to like get in the car and drive back home. Aww. Oh, man, it was just like so like okay, cool. I'm clearly not like you guys. And I always have that joke that I'm the white sheep of the family, not the black sheep. Uh But that was a moment where I'm like, cool, cool. I'm very other. That's funny. I think like the hardest part, you know, when you are living, when you are like the living intersection of two different cultures and like two different like visual looks and stuff like that and like what you end up looking like and the cultures you end up identifying with like we've been kind of saying this whole time it's like it's hard because sometimes you feel forced to choose sometimes you feel like you're being inauthentic to yourself or you're misrepresenting yourself um or that you have to defend what you know and and all that and um Mm -hmm. that I just say like ultimately like we what I have to always remind myself, like, I remember I dated this guy. <laughs> you know the guy, actually. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> who, yeah. Um, he thought, he like, anytime I would, like, talk about any, like, anything we just talked about, he would just, like, negate the experiences completely. But, oh, but you're, you're white. So, like, whatever. You're just, like, you're so white, though. But, like, you're such a white girl. He's, like, no, I've dated Hispanic girls before. And, like, you're a white girl compared to them. And I'm, like, okay. Um, And, you know, I remember, like, having to, like, defend myself and what I knew of myself. And, like, having to, like, relive trauma and, like, talk about times where, like, I was with my dad and he was racially profiled in front of me as a child or, like, being with my mom and the, and the stranger saying, are those really your kids? Like, why are you white lady with these Brown children, you know, and, and stuff like that. And like having to relive these traumas. And it's like, I don't owe some douchebag that I'm dating 
a casting director, a curious person on the subway. Mm-hmm. I don't owe any of y'all shit. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's you know what? Right. It's like, ultimately, like, I am learning every day to be more comfortable in who I am and what I walk around looking like and how other people perceive me and, and just, and, and taking all of that with the truth of like who I actually am. And if I don't look like how you think I'm supposed to look like, I'm sorry, like read a book, you know what I mean? 